You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Megan Dillon and Beck Benyon. We're two millennial women in the corporate world juggling wellness and a fast-paced lifestyle. On this podcast, we're breaking down wellness into digestible episodes that fit into your weekly routine. We're on this journey with you, learning from wellness and lifestyle experts in their fields. From our lighthearted banter, what's the appropriate amount of time to go between shaving our legs? To getting deep about everyday struggles like hormones, societal norms, and gut health, we're your podcast besties. Disclaimer, no late night text needed to detox and chill. Welcome back Welcome to the podcast. Back. It's um, finally spring here, I feel like. Yeah. Like it's budding through. It's like even still, so we're recording this at what? Like almost eight? I don't yeah. even have my watch. I just looked at my wrist. <laughs> I do my that watch all was the time when my and watch was, is gone. I'm so surprised. Um, but it's like still light out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finally the summer. Best. We just got, um, I'm not going to say that because it sounds so pretentious. I was just going to say we got an email from our building saying our pool is going to be open. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah, we'll pause that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so what's yeah. new with you, Beck? Um, well, I feel like a lot has been going on. So we've been yeah. so busy with the yeah. podcast. Like every day there's something, yeah. which is super fun and exciting. We have a lot of really cool things coming up that mm-hmm. we can finally announce this coming week. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of crazy. We're going to be doing some traveling. We're going to visit some family mm-hmm. this coming week. So I'm just kind of like getting ready for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Traveling has been insane. You've been crazy yeah. lately. So crazy. Are you like sticking to a routine while you travel or do you feel um, like it's... So I'm trying to. So yeah. I feel like in years past when I've been traveling a ton, especially like two or three years ago when I was traveling for work a lot, um, I definitely did not keep to a routine. Like yeah. I kind of viewed it as like, oh, well, yeah, it doesn't count. I'm not home. Right. Um, but I definitely saw how that like affected... Mm-hmm. me so you just feel like sluggish right exactly so i yeah. feel like vitamins is like huge one mm. so like bento has been super helpful with that having those little packets like i yeah. talked about on the instagram story. i just ordered mine and i'm Ooh, so excited so exciting yeah well i think it's just so convenient so i don't have to worry about like packing my pill boxes or yeah. whatever yeah it's so easy um so yeah that's like a huge help is like if i have my vitamins and i feel like i'm regular i mm-hmm. feel like i'm right you know like well, i just like, feel better and like especially to traveling i feel like probiotics mm-hmm. are a non-negotiable right, like um, everything for me that's like the first sign mm-hmm. that i'm in a different environment right. or like my body's like what the hell is going mm-hmm. on like and so i feel like probiotics are key yeah for sure um and then i feel like too once i like start the day with that i re- kind of remember or like i remind myself like okay i need to like eat fairly well like obviously i'm eating out more but i can like make better choices because i already feel better right what i mean like it's like a yeah it's kind of like starting off your day with a workout Mm -hmm. i feel like when i don't work out then it's just like balls to the walls whatever i want to do no that's another thing that i really am gonna try like this next week when we travel it's like keep up at least like some movement during the day like we're gonna be around nieces and nephews so they're gonna like you know mm-hmm. have us running around crazy but i still feel like i need like that designated time to kind mm-hmm. of like 
be out of like kind of reality for 30 right. minutes and just focus on like just moving. you yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it's so key I feel like I never want to work out when I'm traveling mm-hmm. but once I do whether it's yeah a, even just walking mm-hmm. not just walking because walking still so great but it's just like you're able to disconnect that little mm-hmm. bit and then have that time for yourself and then when you go back mm-hmm. into family mode, it's like right. so much better. Right, exactly. And I feel like it helps like deep puff from the plane too. Yes. Because I, I get so puffy. So puffy. Everything. Yeah, everything. Like even just getting my ears pierced, like mm-hmm. my ears swell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My hands swell. Yeah. Just like everything. Oh my God. I have like sausage fingers Same. after. In my feet. Yeah. Yeah. The feet for like... <laughs> so when we went to yeah it was when we were coming back from europe and i wore my docks like the whole time they're so comfortable and we were coming home and i like obviously like wore them on the plane and when we landed my feet had swollen so bad that they were like like it hurt like it felt like my boots were too small and like they've never felt too small before. Like they're like, you know, the right size and everything. Right, I wore them right. for two weeks straight, like walking right. up and down right. hills and stuff. Yeah. But on the plane, like six hours, Did I was you like, take them off. So uh, like I was going to, but I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to get them back on. <laughs> I was Walks that off plane in socks. Right. So I kept them on and I was like, Oh, like my feet are so uncomfortable. So yeah. actually I'm going to try. So I'd gotten, um, some compression socks when I had my surgery. Yes. So I'm going to wear those on the plane and see if that helps. Yes. Yeah. And I'll report back. Those are, I always see people with those yeah. and they're intense, man. Right. <laughs> I got some like really cute ones. You did. They're from, um, Oh, what's it called? Comrade socks. Oh, and, and they're, they're like a little more expensive, but they're actually like cute colors. Yes. Yeah. And like, I feel less like of an old person wearing them. I know. Cause I just think of like grandpas walking up <laughs> and down know, the aisle like they're and like they're cargo highs. shorts I and know. the knee high compression. I know. So I'm yeah. trying to be like a little more trendy with them, but I'll report like back and see if they work. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's been going on with you? I feel like same. The podcast yeah. has been taking over mm-hmm. our lives but it's like the best thing mm-hmm. and i feel super tuned in right now mm-hmm. not I that agree. we're ever tuned out but i feel like there's mm-hmm. some weeks where it's like i think what it is too and we were just talking about this is recording in person mm-hmm. with people it's so invigorating like we're tapping in more to the amazing people in boston mm-hmm. And it's just like really reminding me why yeah. we started. Yeah, I know? agree. And you can kind of, so like seeing people's faces, obviously, and like their body language, you can read that more. Right. And I feel like we can banter back and forth more because we're not afraid of like cutting them off. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's been huge. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like we've done a couple road trips and I'm turning 28. You are. Which is so exciting. Feeling a little old <laughs> on the wrong yeah. side of 25. Um, no, but it feels good. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like these are like the years oh, where you kind sure. of feel like you're hitting your stride mm-hmm. and I'm still figuring it out, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So an interesting thing ever since I was a little girl, well, like, I don't know how young, like a teenager, mm-hmm. I always felt like 30 would be my best year. Mm-hmm. And like, I've, I've never always, been scared of 30. No, I've always looked forward to being 30. I've always wanted yeah. to be 30. I'm like, that is the ideal age. I feel like your skin is finally like clear, you know, clearing yeah. up, like figuring it out. Like 
you know, you're usually like in your career, mm-hmm. you know, things are going well. So I'm so excited for 30. I feel like 30s <laughs> honestly are the new 20s. Mm-hmm. And then I'm yeah. excited for 40s because I yeah. feel like that's when you truly, for truly, sure. Because like I think about my mom and she was just texting me. She was like, I'm double your age on your birthday <laughs> this year. And I was like, you oh had me when you were my age. Like mm-hmm. that blows my mind. So yeah. I feel like. 30s are yeah. gonna be good ones yeah i feel like it too I, it's just exciting and i'm not like afraid of it yeah i feel like my t- i'm like ready to not be in my 20s anymore i yeah i'm not a 20s no person, like I mean, my personality fun. but like i never even as i dragged myself to like frat parties mm-hmm. and like did the whole thing and went through the routine like that's not me right. and i feel like that's part of like it's a big part of your 20s mm-hmm. if you want to have yeah, a social life sure. is like and like we're married already i know in our 20s yeah which i feel like is very rare these days so yeah i yeah i feel like it's just like ready yeah i know know. i know (laughs) to have an excuse for going to bed at 9 30 i mean i don't and i still do so it's all good right um Um, but today's guest lauren yeah yeah speaking of 30s and like thinking about the next Mm -hmm. steps um so lauren is a midwife Mm -hmm. um and this episode i think really opened my eyes to a lot of things i feel like and we mentioned it in the episode but childbirth and just talking about women's health mm-hmm. talking about your vagina yeah we go deep we go real deep <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> um but it's just like rare and really refreshing mm-hmm. to talk about that with an expert yeah and i feel like we don't learn these things you know growing up i feel like you know guys kind of have it easy where it's like okay well that's your penis that's you know where you go to the bathroom mm-hmm. that's kind of it yeah Not to like downplay their anatomy <laughs> just it um <laughs> <laughs> but like as women we're just taught not to have sex and not yep. to get STDs mm-hmm. and that you're going to get your period. And that's basically yeah. it. You're not told like how to take care of your vagina, that it's naturally pH balanced yeah. and it cleans itself. It's right. like a, a like, an amazing thing. Discharge is normal, right. but it changes at different mm-hmm. times of the month. Like we go into all of that mm-hmm. and it's like a conversation with your close girlfriend. It is. But like yeah. one that's a true expert. Right. On these exactly. Things. Yeah. Lauren, um, as a nurse, she's, you know, gone to school, obviously, and she specializes in women's sexual health. As we said, she's a midwife right now. Um, and so she's just a, a wealth of knowledge and she's not afraid to talk about, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's like the stuff that we're like afraid to like ask our moms yeah. about, you know, no, seriously, <laughs> like my mom is great, but like mm-hmm. we never had some of these conversations and God knows that we weren't having them in health class in Not school. Nope. Um, we had so, to yeah. watch a childbirth. Which was traumatized. So, and like, they never like, explained it. Yeah. Like, if you have sex, <laughs> this will happen. Right. And you will die. Yeah. <laughs> and mean girls. You will get pregnant and, and die. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we think you guys will really like this. Um, we'd love to chat mm-hmm. about it in our secret Facebook group as well. Yep. It's growing. I was looking. We're at, like, 150 of you amazing, beautiful <laughs> people so mm-hmm. join that follow us on instagram um you can check out our website detoxandchillpodcast.com and shoot us an email yeah. write us a review more importantly yes please do please. and this thursday look out for a huge announcement it's meg's birthday and also we are so excited <laughs> more importantly it's my birthday 
that's it's a national holiday <laughs> and also we're announcing an amazing thing we are oh i'm so excited i know so pumped okay check out wait for that yes we love you we Let's love talk you about here we go okay bye <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, totally. That's a really good question. I meet so many people who, when I tell them I'm a midwife, their eyes like light up and they seem so intrigued. And then they're like, oh, so you're a doula. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and it, I think it just really speaks to, yeah, how different um, kind of this route of care is in the United States. And I think there's a lot to learn. And it's a really beautiful um, kind of medicine. And it's becoming much more popular. And um, yeah, I'd love to share with you. So um, I'm a certified nurse midwife, which means that I have a bachelor's of science in nursing. And then I went back to school, um, and obtained a master's degree. So I have a master's of science in nursing in the specialty of nurse midwifery. Um, there are different types of midwives in the United States, and this is the route that I chose to take, um, which is like the nursing prepared route. Um, so a midwife is kind of similar to like how you might think of a nurse practitioner. So when you go to like your family doctor, if you have um, like a common cold or you're not feeling well, if you don't have something super complicated, then you might just see the nurse practitioner rather than seeing the doctor. Um, and so a midwife could be similar in that sense in some ways. So a midwife is um, highly trained and specialized to take care of normal, um, and that's our expertise. So we take care of normal, healthy moms in pregnancy, and our scope and, well, not our scope, but our lens is a little bit different than OB. The lens that a midwife looks at pregnancy through is one of health and normalcy. So instead of looking at pregnancy as a disease process or like there's something wrong with the woman, midwives, our entire theory is that um, women are normal, that they're not sick, and that pregnancy is just a healthy life occurrence that happens. Um, and at any point in time, if you look out into the world, 50% of women are pregnant. And so we know this to be true, right? Like pregnancy is just a normal part of life for women in general. Um, and so we don't wait for bad things we don't just like sit there waiting for something bad to happen. Like if something is going to happen, it will declare itself is what we often say. Um, it'll make itself known, but we assume things are normal until like proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of the lens that we look at um, pregnancy through. And in general, um, if you come to see a midwife, the care is much more personalized. So uh, your appointments are much longer. Um, you spend a lot more time face to face with your midwife rather than with like a nurse and a medical assistant and then like a five minute appointment like in and out with a doctor where you like feel like you've brought all these questions that you've been like saving up and then they like rush through it, which to mm -hmm. me is always the worst feeling in the world. Right. I like would leave doctor's offices feeling so unheard. Um, and I just really, truly believe that like women deserve better. Um, and I think that's what one thing that midwives do really well. Um, so your appointments will probably be longer. Um, you get a ton more education. Um, less interventions are a really big deal. So it's not that midwives aren't trained in technology and science and research and evidence. We have all of that training and we're totally capable of using it but we use it really wisely and we put it in in places where it makes sense so like not every single woman gets induced mm -hmm. we don't do stations unless there's a really good reason i try to describe it as like we're walking down this path where we are kind of like pulling like all of the knowledge and the wisdom from like years past and like everything we know about like birth and history and like from what we've learned from like our ancestors mm -hmm. and then we're also 
pulling from like science and technology and evidence. And then we decide when to put what where. Um, and we do it really wisely. And so I think that's one of the things that you get when you see a nurse midwife as opposed to when you see an OBGYN. Um, and we're totally licensed and capable of suturing women after they deliver if they tear. Um, we can do C-sections as a first assist with a doctor if we work in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we monitor babies with the same equipment that doctors use, but we use less intervention when we do it. Um, we do all of the same care, technologically speaking, but just with a little bit of a different twist. So I think that answers what a midwife is. Yeah, for sure. That that definitely covers it. And I feel like like we need this education almost before we get pregnant, right? Because, like, I mean, I'm not planning on having kids anytime soon, but, like, in the next five years or so. And um, I have a bunch of sister-in-laws, and, you know, they are all having kids, and one just had a baby, and one of my good friends just had a baby. And, like, there are so many things that I keep finding out about pregnancy and giving birth, and I'm like, wait, what? What? Like, (laughs) it's so crazy how little education we get on it um and it's super interesting I think it's a really good point that you make that you know being pregnant isn't a bad thing it's not a disease it's not a sickness and so the lens of looking at it as something healthy and beautiful I think is really awesome and something that you know modern medicine and and doctors don't always yeah yeah And I just wanted to add, so I'm just sitting here thinking about it, but like, I feel like there's so much time spent on sex education and preventing pregnancy, especially like through middle school, you watch these like terrifying videos about like all the STDs you'll get if you have sex and like, there's nothing about pregnancy like at all. So I feel like for a lot of women, when it does happen, they're kind of in this position if they don't have any close female friendships or, you know, sisters or, um, you know, female influences in their life that they're kind of like, what the hell do I do? Totally. And I think that it's really up to the woman and like what type of person she is. Like, does she sit down and like just put in Google like pregnancy doctor and then just show up? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. does she ask her friends and her family Um, like, who are you seeing? Do you like them? Or does she like do research? Does she like intuitively know? Or has she heard from someone that midwives are great? Or like societally, what I feel like most people do is they just show up at the doctor because that's what everybody does. And like societally, like that's what's expected. And that's what's normal. And that's what's quote unquote safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the more people learn about midwives, and the more people learn about out of hospital birth, or even in hospital birth with a midwife, the more turned on they are to the idea because our rates of intervention are lower. Um, and our moms and babies are oftentimes much healthier, oftentimes much healthier with higher breastfeeding rates, better satisfaction experiences. And, um, I think intuitively just feel more listened to more heard and heard after they deliver their babies. And, um, it's something like really beautiful and special to come out of a birth and feel like, you know, you were an interactive part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big thing with midwifery too, is that um, it's collaborative. So we're talking to you about everything throughout the birth and pregnancy. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a relationship um, and it's your body. It's not ours. So we don't tell you what to do with your body. We help you make decisions. Um, Whole thing. So I think that's really special too. 
Yeah, that's so special. And I mean, I feel like you should really be coming out of pregnancy, not only happy that you have, you know, a healthy baby, but also empowered because giving birth is an amazing thing. It's hard. I mean, I don't even know from experience, just like the thought of it is hard. Um, So the fact that you're, I mean, midwives are kind of like giving that empowerment back to women, I think is so, so huge. Um, So I want to dive into kind of what we've just been talking about, kind of like the pre-pregnancy, vaginas, sexual health, like what's normal, what's not normal. And I have been loving reading your articles on Camille Styles because I feel like they really just like get down to the point and then are also funny and also have research backing them up. Um, So let's kind of talk about like normalizing the vagina. (laughs) And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, I think society has done such a messed up job at telling women that their vaginas are supposed to like look like plastic Barbie dolls or that whatever your vagina looks like is like not enough like symmetry or not enough this or not enough that. But the truth about vaginas is that each one is so uniquely different and oftentimes asymmetric and um, just unique to itself and that there is no like quote normal vagina. Um, And I just really wish that women could accept that and that we could get rid of like labiaplasty and like after baby. Wait, what is that? I don't know what that is. Labiaplasty? Yeah, there's like surgeries that people have done where they like have like their their labias removed if they're like hangy or like not in the right shape. Like, how painful would that be? It's like a very real thing where people have like plastic surgery on their vagina to make it like look a certain. Oh my god, it's super sad. Um, But I also get a lot of questions from my patients who will come in and like, and my friends who will be like, I have. It's like one labia or like one. (laughs) It's like really long. It's like two inches long. And I'm like, yeah, girl, that's normal. You know, like I I feel people, women are so embarrassed and like ashamed of their vaginas or like feel like it's dirty or like it's like something that they, they, they can't feel like proud or just like normal about it. But it's as normal as your arm, you know, like it's, yeah. (laughs) I wish people felt as comfortable about their vaginas as guys feel about their penises. I was going to say, I'm like sitting here kind of smiling because I feel like, you know, dudes like walk around and like, I feel like that's like all they talk about, but in like a bragging, you know what I mean? In like a positive way. And it's just really interesting that like, I feel like women sort of keep it to themselves and are like ashamed, you know? Yeah. I think that's definitely like a really um, prevalent like dialogue amongst women is like, I don't know, it's like, is your vagina smelly or like, you know, there's like sprays to like change the smell of your vagina. There's like these like, um, summer's Eve wipes to like change the way, like, you know, there's just all these different things to employ to try to like get rid of what is inherently like wrong with her, mm-hmm. her being, um, and yeah, I wish people could just, um, feel more proud of, proud of them (laughs) and more comfortable because really the way they're pretty amazing. Um, so your vagina actually has like a pH balance that self-regulates 
which is really cool. So if you douche or if you wipe it down with like um, a cloth that has a certain scent, um, you're more susceptible to get a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis. Mm. Um, you really don't want to like mess with it or like try to change the smell. It self-regulates, um, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's kind of its own fantastic creature, if you ask me. So just kind of on this subject, I feel like one thing every year, so you have like your an- annual exam, right? Um, and I feel like it's 10 minutes and like, for I should just speak from my experience. It's like 10 minutes. They're like, are you fine? I'm like, well, and they're like, okay, have a great year. See you later. Um, do you have any advice, I guess, A, can you see a midwife like as a gynecologist? Cause I feel like that would be such a different experience. Um, but two, like, do you have any advice on how to shape that appointment or that conversation? So like if you are struggling with something that you feel like you can actually talk to a professional about it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I actually wrote an article on this, like how to show up at the gynecologist's office and like have a more empowering experience because so women go in and it can be super traumatic, especially if you have a history of any trauma or abuse, Mm -hmm. it can be really scary, um, and like unempowering. So, um, my recommendations are number one. Yes, you can see a midwife. Um, and I think you could have such a better experience, especially if there's like a birth center in your community. It sounds kind of counterintuitive if you're not pregnant, but birth centers do gynecological care for women who are not pregnant and just need well woman care. So you could do that. Or a lot of times midwives practice out of like hospital practices. And oftentimes your visit will be like closer to 30 minutes and you can sit down and ask questions and get education, which is awesome. Um, So that's number one. And then number two, um, if you don't bring a list with you, bring a list. Um, And when the appointment starts, just say, how long do we have to sit here and talk? Because I have some questions that I need Mm -hmm. some education on. So just really like framing the appointment for yourself and like what you're going to need from the provider so they don't rush you. Um, And then another thing that's helpful that I think is really empowering for women is asking to Mm -hmm. use a mirror during your pat or during your exam or asking to like see your cervix, which can feel kind of radical for some people, but I think can be yeah, <laughs> really huge. Um, or even just asking if you've never, there's some women who don't have never used a mirror just to like look at their own anatomy. Um, so if you haven't ever done that, maybe a good place to start is during your annual and you can have your midwife or provider explain it to you. Like, which part of your vagina is what if you don't understand it. I think in different parts of the country, um, we've done a really bad job of educating women about their anatomy and some women don't understand, you know, where is their urethra? Where is their vagina? Labia minora, labia majora. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so that can be really empowering for some people. Um, Other things that are helpful you can ask if you need to put your feet in the stirrups. A lot of times you can do a speculum exam without it if that's really uncomfortable for you. Um, also, finding out exactly what you need in terms of like a pelvic exam. A lot of the new research shows that you don't need to have like someone's fingers or a speculum in your body every year. Um <laughs> is really surprising but a lot of like old school doctors still do an exam every year but the research is showing that 
number one, paps are not yearly anymore. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. It's like every three years in your 20s and every yeah. five in your 30s. Mm-hmm. And so we don't actually need to do like an internal um, exam with our fingers um, every year anymore if you're not having problems. So um, that's also really helpful is that like you don't need to have someone in there every right. year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And I liked your point of writing a list because I feel like whenever I go in, I'm like, you know, like so prepared before and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask this, 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 and it's just all in my head. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, shoot, like what was I going to like ask about? And then at the same time, like you said, like framing kind of the appointment to say like, okay, I have some questions, you know, like how long do you have to to kind of discuss this? Because that like that happens to me where I'm like, okay, I had all these things, but you seem like you're in a rush. So I'm going to like not say anything. And then, you know, I end up having to make another appointment just to like do the same thing over again. So um, I think those tips for sure are so important. Yeah. And I... other tip is that if you have a lot of questions, let them know when you're scheduling the appointment because mm-hmm. if they're scheduled based on what they think they're taking care of. And so if it's just an annual, they'll literally schedule you for just like maybe five or 10 minutes with the provider. But if they know you also have a lot of questions, they could schedule you for longer. Mm-hmm. So you feel heard. Um, so that's another good tip is like when you're scheduling, if you have a lot that you need, let them know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to your point earlier about, you know, like changing the pH level of your vagina and how it's like self-regulating and stuff, can we kind of like just talk about that? Like, you know, like, should we be cleaning it? Should we like in the shower? Like, what should we be doing? How, like, what are some things we can do to avoid like the yeast infections, um, and other infections that happen down there? Totally. Yeah. So, um, The best thing to do with your vagina is really like the whole like less is more um, idea. So if you're sensitive to like if you have sensitive skin in general, you should be extra careful. But really, you shouldn't be using a lot of like soap or scented products on the inner labia. So anything that's um, this is a weird medical word, but like a mucous membrane. And you can kind of understand that. So like on the inside. Um, you shouldn't really be applying soap in there. So you can just use water and friction on the inside of your vagina to clean it. Um, And if you need some soap, just like a very mild soap inside Mm -hmm. um, is all you really want to do. And if you're not prone to like chronic bacterial vaginosis or chronic yeast infections, you can probably get away with a little bit more soap. But if you do have chronic um, vaginal infections, less is always more Mm -hmm. um, because it changes the pH balance. And then another really important thing, especially for avoiding yeast, is keeping your vagina like dry. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're really active, like hot yoga is a really big thing right now. Definitely like getting out of your like sweaty clothes quickly. Um, If you swim or if it's like summertime, not sitting in like a wet swimsuit, like your vagina wants to breathe. So... You need to let that happen. Um, If you're prone to yeast or BV, wearing like cotton underwear is really important. There are so many like cool underwear made out of these really nice like synthetic materials. But if it doesn't let your vagina breathe, it can kind of predispose you to more infections. So um, honestly, like sleeping without underwear at night can be a good way to like give your vagina a break and like give it some time to breathe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, if 
you live in a really humid environment, like all of my friends in, in like the southeast and stuff. Even when you get out of the shower, like blow drying down there <laughs> can be helpful. I've totally so I'm one of those people who struggles with yeast infections and I've totally done that and like my husband has walked by and been like what are you doing (laughs) but whatever works you know (laughs) you need to take care of it so that's just like props to you for taking care of your body um yeah so I think those would be my tips just like less is more and be gentle and don't definitely also like don't douche I don't know if that's like common knowledge yet but douching is really bad for your vagina there's never an appropriate time to douche I wish that all douches could be like thrown off the shelf right and it just like sounds uncomfortable too (laughs) it's not a pleasant thing um so younger girls or like kind of like they see that and they're like oh I should do that Uh, no yeah I guess I do remember like in high school I feel like girls would talk about it like oh yeah like you know I douched and you know so weird I know such a like a just a yeah gross word um so question about like sweating and working out so I don't wear underwear when I work out. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I think it's probably a good thing. Okay. I have a debate with my friends. They're like, do you wear underwear with your leggings or not? Like, which type of person are you? Right. But I probably, I mean, I would think, well, number one, as long as you're not wearing leggings that are like rubbing or like irritating your anatomy, then it's fine. Yeah. And most leggings are not going to like irritate it. And I would think that just like more layers could just cause more irritation, but I don't know if it makes too much of a difference. If you're prone to like bacterial um, vaginosis or yeast, um, you might just kind of experiment, but I would think less is more. Mm -hmm. Okay, good to know, thank you. (laughs) We're getting all of our important questions out in this episode. Um, One thing I'm curious, so I, this kind of sparked the idea in my head, but I totally have struggled with yeast infections and kind of all the things you were saying about, you know, soap and water and all of these things. Um, I've totally been there and been through them. But for me, I, I know what the underlying cause um, of everything was my IUD, which I got taken out and, you know, miraculously everything sort of cleared up. So I kind of just want to start talking a little bit more about birth control. Um, I know it's a sensitive subject and obviously we support our listeners' decision either way, but I think it's important to just be aware of, um, you know, what it does for your body and everything involved. Um, so I'm just curious if you have thoughts on birth control and what your approach is there. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think it's such a personal decision and that to each woman, it means something different. And there are some women that can take like, um, the birth control pill their entire life and like that's their method and they love it and it works great and it's super empowering and that's their thing um, and then there's some women that take the pill and it's like terrible for them and it mm-hmm. like ruins them. and then there's some people who are like you know like morally opposed to any birth control whatsoever and so my job as a provider is to just like thoroughly support every woman in terms of like how she's feeling um, that day or throughout her life like whatever it is 
um, in getting like the right method for her and like what works for her family or her relationship and making sure that like her needs are met. So if she doesn't want to get pregnant, like let me help you not get pregnant. Or if Mm -hmm. she's like, Know, wants to get pregnant in a year, then like, let's put you on something that will be easy to come off of stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I'm all about just figuring out what's right for each person. Um, I think right now there's a really big like move away from hormonal birth control. I think people are like nervous about hormones in their body. I think people are becoming more empowered um, and speaking out about like the side effects of hormones in their body and feeling like I don't, like the way it makes me feel or I've had a bad experience and I don't want it anymore. Um, and so I see a lot of that, especially in my like birth center population where it's a lot of like supernatural mamas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's lots of other methods that you can use outside of hormones that are, you know, pretty effective. Um, so I can go into more detail on any method, all methods, just ask me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's super important to note that, you know, some people react so differently than others. I mean, at least for me, I've talked about this in the podcast before, but I was on um, hormone the hormonal birth control pill and it completely ruined me. Like I was having morning sickness all the time. I gained a ton of weight. Like it was just bad news. My hair was brittle. It was just rough and so I went through like a couple of different things I did the IUD and it still like wasn't quite right so um I think like natural birth control planning um has been super important um so I'd love for you to touch on that if you can yeah sure um I think a cool thing right now is all of the apps that support um, tracking your cycle. So there are so many cool ways to kind of get in touch with your body. And I think it's really empowering for women. Um, my favorite app is one called clue. It is super like gender neutral, which I really appreciate. It's not like pink with flowers and like (laughs) cats Mm -hmm. on it. Um, and it also allows your partner to sign on, which I really appreciate. So then like, you know, the cycle method, like it's not, only up to you to know when you're fertile um because I'm super tired of women having to take all of the responsibility of fertility and like at least if your partner knows when you're fertile like at least they know you know that just feels a little bit better to me um so I really like that app clue but using an app to track like when you're fertile so if you have regular cycles um a great way to do it is by um you know monthly putting into an app um, or marking on a calendar when you start your period. And so every month you track like when your period starts and the way you can tell when you're fertile is that you typically ovulate two weeks before the first day of your last menstrual period. So like digest that for a second. It's kind of confusing. So you kind of have to backtrack, which then allows you to forward track. So, um, if your cycle's regular, it allows you to kind of predict like, okay, I always have 31 day cycles. Therefore two weeks, um, you know, two weeks into the month, uh, and a couple days is when I should be ovulating. And it's always kind of a, a rough estimation with ovulation, which is what makes the calendar method or like cycle tracking with an app, not perfect because you could ovulate at any point, but you know, like the like general range of when you ovulate. And then you combine that method, which is the calendar method with other methods of fertility tracking. So you could combine that with looking at your cervical mucus, with looking at where your cervix is um, in your body because your cervix changes its position 
throughout the month. Um, and then you could also um, combine that with withdrawal method during the week that you're fertile. So like the pullout method or condoms during the week that you're fertile, or you could combine it with using a diaphragm the week that you're fertile or spermicide and withdrawal. So there's lots of different ways that you can use like no birth control at all, but you're being smart about when you ovulate, when you have sex. You could also just like not have sex the week that you're fertile, which is a really safe way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just really getting in touch with your body and with the signs that your body's giving you um, to tell when you're fertile, um, getting your partner on board, and then also being comfortable with like the repercussions of that method because it's only like as perfect as the way that you practice it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like what would happen if you did get pregnant? <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. What does that mean for you as a as a woman and in your relationship and in your life? Yeah, and I think that's a super important point because I think at this point, you know, I'm married. I've and if that did happen, the repercussions aren't that high for me at my point in my life. But I know for a lot of women that isn't the case where they're at. So I think that's really important to remember. Um, do you ever? Or do you ever recommend um, tracking your temperature as well? How do, do how does that play in? Yeah, so that's another method. Um, I don't talk about that as much personally, um, but that's totally an accurate method that you can use. Um, and so you just track your temperature throughout the month, um, and it stays kind of steady. And then when it dips and then goes back up is when you're fertile. So. Um, it's kind of like just another of the methods that you can use along like with your cervical mucus, where your cervix is in your vagina, um, where you are in the month. Like you could use all of those together to tell where you are. Cool. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that, you know, we never learned or I never learned in, um, you know, sex ed. I feel like it was all about prevention, but it's just crazy learning now about the signs that our bodies naturally give us that we're ovulating or, you know, if we need to abstain that it's the time. Um, but I honestly had no clue until probably like two years ago, which blows my mind. Did you feel like when you learned about like cervical mucus, like, oh, when you're ovulating, your discharge is more slippery? Did I feel like some women like are like, oh, yeah, I've noticed that. But you didn't know why. Right. Like you totally notice changes. But I'm like, oh, weird. But I'm just going to live my life and <laughs> not yeah. think about this, you know. But I think like intuitively we're all much more connected than we give ourselves credit for. And so like you knew those things were happening. And so you just have to like have the knowledge behind it to really connect with it. But it's already there. You know, you know your body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really cool just connecting to that part of my body that I feel like I wasn't for so long and and just like leaning into the fact that it is a cycle and getting to know that part of myself a little bit more has been really, really cool. I love that. 
I mean, and I feel like we could, I mean, there's so many other topics that I want to talk to you about and we will in a month. We're so excited to announce tomorrow something, a really cool project that we're doing with you. We're pumped and we're going to talk all about sex and female empowerment and female sexuality. Um, so everyone stay tuned for that. But thank you so much, Lauren, for just sharing your story and being so open to answer our questions. Um, yeah, I feel like this episode has been so just like so much information and things that honestly we should have learned about when we were like 12 <laughs> and instead <laughs> here we are in our like mid 20s, late 20s, like just finding out about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I also feel like we've like just hardly scratched the surface. I'm happy to talk anytime. Yeah, I feel like we can definitely do at least part two, if not three. And I feel like I just want to echo that. It's so reassuring to hear you as a professional um, who obviously works with so many different women. It's really reassuring to just hear you emphasizing that things are normal. You know, as women, we don't need to well or stress about all of these things that are just natural parts of our life and of our bodies so thank you so much yeah for sure yeah it's been really lovely to talk to you too and thanks for the interest in empowering women and women's health and sexuality I think it's important work to do that we have to keep sharing for sure yes and with that being said where can our listeners find you um they can find I post um links to my blog on my personal Instagram, which is LZ underscore 3D. And then you can also find more information um, at newmoonrisingevents.com when we get those going again. And yeah, I would say those two would probably be the best way. Perfect. Um, And as always, you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast on Instagram. Um, Our website is detoxandchillpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook. We're having these kind of conversations in our Facebook group, and we'd love to see you there. Um, And yeah, stay tuned for our announcement tomorrow. We're super excited for what's coming up. Um, But in the meantime, we love you guys. Have a great rest of your day or night, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.